All right, so the Timberwolves with a strong, especially third quarter. Uh, they outscored the Clippers in that third 20, uh, 40 to 19. They win the game 121 100 at Los Angeles. Boy, that's a, an impressive win for the Wolves. Very impressive. The Clippers have basically been the best team in basketball for the last two months or so, and the Wolves bullied them, just took it right at them. And I think I was telling you yesterday, I think the Wolves match up well because they have, you know, McDaniels, Edwards, uh, Alexander Walker, who are all excellent wing defenders, and the Clippers basically have three wings uh, who dominate their team. Well, Harden's a point guard, but he has the size and capabilities of a wing as well. And they just took the, I mean, they didn't let him do anything. Uh, Kawhi, of course, made a few shots, had a couple dunks, but uh, George, Leonard, and Harden were not allowed to shoot at a high percentage. They didn't get easy threes. They weren't allowed to create much, and then the Wolves just put them away in the third quarter, and you know that that's the thing. The, the Wolves are a tremendous third quarter team. They all, you know, almost always come out and get a lead in the third quarter. Their problem over the last month has been they've blown too many fourth quarter leads. But I thought they, you know, they just they they just coasted through the fourth. Uh, you know, they kept scoring. Uh, really not. And here's the thing: they blew out the Clippers in L.A. when the Clippers were the hottest team in basketball. And they didn't even shoot well from three. Uh, I think their starters are four for 23 from three. Edwards is one for 11 from three. I mean, if they'd made threes, it would have been a, a, a you know, ridiculous blowout. So that's one of the most impressive games of the season for the Wolves. And then they get a Portland team tonight, which has been just a disaster. They're, they're second worst in the Western Conference. Yes, and they're full rebuilding mode. Um, and the Wolves didn't have to play Many people heavy minutes last night. Gobert and Edwards both played a lot, uh, but you know I, I don't think anybody else played more than 27. So that probably you know if, if they have their heads on right and don't celebrate this victory too much, they should have an easy time of it tonight. The, the Wolves have any players that they worry about with like load management? Conley, uh, okay. you know, and Gobert. Gobert, they want Gobert. The way he plays, he's always getting beat on um you know they they keep an eye on him but he's in tremendous shape and he doesn't have to you know he doesn't have to run that fast or do it do anything too crazy uh so as long as he's not getting beat up too much they you know, they're, they're comfortable with him playing heavy minutes Conley's the one guy they just you know he he's so smart he's such a key to this team um and he's the oldest their oldest player and he plays a position where you have to move a lot so you know, that's one of the reasons they bring him. They now have a new backup point guard, and now they have some point guard depth uh, where they can. They hope they can survive uh, when Connolly needs a, a game off or a you know has has to play limited minutes. So the Wild win again, third straight victory against a very good Vegas team, five to three last night. Uh, what seems to be different in the last three games? Goal scoring probably. Um, you know, last night they get five goals against a very good team on the road and Vegas kind of got a fluke goal to start it off too. So you're down early on the road, one of the toughest places in the NHL to play. And they just dominated play the rest of the way. Um, and you know, who knows, maybe Vegas overlooked them and it doesn't really matter. They need the points and they got the points. They're on a nice little run here. Uh, right when you would have said, okay, doesn't look good. Doesn't look like there's much chance of anything. I mean, they still have difficult math to overcome, but they the last week, week and a half, they've been really good. The last month or so, they've had excellent specialty teams. Uh, you know, Kaprizov has been very efficient, you know, producing points over the last two months or so. Uh, last night, Boldy was a 
kind of a goal scorer's goal. Banking went off the goalie. Uh, Rossi had a big goal. Eck was excellent both ends, I thought. Faber was excellent. Um, you know, Gustafson had a nice game. So, I don't know. It, it seems very hard to analyze. Uh, right now, they, they're back in the fight, at least momentarily. So they got 53 points. They still got a lot of teams ahead of them in the standings. Yep. Uh, do, do they view themselves as a team that's still in it? What do you think? Well, I mean, thinking of yourself as not being in it is kind of the job of the general manager and the owner. Uh, from the coaches on down, it's their job is to go win as many games as they can. Uh, so and I, I don't know. What, you know, I think we, I don't think there's any special mentality here. There's, they're trying to win games, and lately they have. So P.J. Fleck is going to stay as the head coach with the Gophers. There was some uh, talk, I think I saw this this weekend, that UCLA was interested in him. Uh, but he's come back and said, nope, he's staying with the Gophers. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I just think P.J.'s comfortable here. I think he's building a mansion in the Edina. Um, I think he likes being someplace where if he, you know, if he goes to UCLA, uh, he's struggling to be the second best team in the LA area. I mean, you know, UCLA only occasionally rises up and can be better than USC. Um, then you have, uh, I mean, completely different atmosphere. Probably also a difficult, difficult place to win. I mean, he's he's getting paid well here. Uh, he seems settled here, uh, and I think PJ likes being in a place where if he wins, he gets the credit, and if he loses, he has excuses. So the Twins announced that they are going to be going with Bally Sports again for TV again this next year. Did they have a lot of options? No. Uh, this They did not want to do this. This is the only option available to them. They're hoping that Major League Baseball will come up with some kind of good alternative. Maybe in the future MLB uh, Baseball will take over the broadcast or find a better uh, partner. Right now, this is their only option. I don't know how much of the money they're going to get out of this deal, but uh, it's it's simply better than nothing. So the uh, Twins have made a lot of moves, and a lot of them seem like the trades that they've made that they've acquired relief pitching. Um, yep. Or even in free agency, they've they brought in re- relief pitching. Your thoughts on that plan? Uh, well, I wrote about it today, and, you know, I there's still the old-school mentality that you want every pitcher to go in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning, and it's just not – that just doesn't work anymore. Um, very few pitchers, once you get past aces, very few pitchers – are good at getting through the lineup the third time. And, you know, modern a- analytical general managers are not going to sit around and say, well, this is the way that it was always done, so let's get our brains beat in the sixth inning because that makes people comfortable. Um, so, you know, they don't have great rotation depth this year, and I think they're countering that by trying to put together the best bullpen in franchise history. Um, and if Varland is in their bullpen – I mean, nobody's going to want to deal with this, these relievers. If Arlen's in the starting rotation, then he's got to prove that he's he can be a dynamic starter and not just an end-of-the-rotation guy. I think last year his ERA as a starter was like 5-4, and his ERA as a reliever is like 1-7 or something like that. Uh, you know, OPS is like 858 to 478. He's basically twice as good as a relief pitcher than he is as a starter. So uh, I, I'd love to see him. I think, you know, if you have Varland, uh, Stewart, Jacks, Thielbar, Funderburg, Topa, Stalmont, Okant, uh, you know, with Duran closing it out. I mean, I think you'd like to see these guys coming in the in the fifth or sixth inning blowing people away. 
Jim, what are your thoughts on uh, their starting pitching? Are they pretty content with what they have, or do you think they might be looking for something else, either in free agency or trade? I think they'd still like another starting pitcher for depth, at least. I mean, they have they have a, a pretty good five-man rotation right now with the pressure being on, with, assuming Lopez is going to continue to be excellent like he was second half last year, uh, assuming Dislavani is just kind of your routine you know, five-inning fifth starter. Uh, the quality of the rotation is probably going to be determined by Ryan, Ober, and Paddock. Uh, and, you know, so then the question is, do you go out and get, what do you want to give up to get another starter who will mainly be depth? Or do you feel comfortable bringing up minor leaguers uh, who, you know, and prospects or putting together bullpen games? I mean, that's the other thing is that if you only expect a starter to go five innings and you have a tremendous amount of good relievers, maybe when you need a spot start, you do go bullpen game and let Varlin pitch two innings to start it and, and fill in after that. I mean, you know, remember, uh, there's a 26-man roster, but in these the the AAA team is 10 minutes away, and they can bring up a, a new reliever, a fresh starter, anytime they want from the minors. So, you know, if they can, if they can, I just don't see them giving up a lot of money or prospects to bring in somebody who they would consider as a sixth starter. Jim, do you see that the Super Bowl uh, from a couple of days ago is the most most watched television program ever? Yeah, Taylor Swift destroyed the, the popularity of the NFL. It's sad to see. <laughs> uh, do you have any opinions on the, the the Taylor Swift phenomenon? Some people seem to be very upset that she's getting attention in regards to this. Is it, It's not really her fault. I mean, the, the network is choosing to show her as much as they do. I wrote about it in my Sunday column, uh, a little bit of satire. Uh, and one of the things I point out is that she's, you know, the people are accusing her of like hogging the spotlight. Uh, she has done zero interviews with anybody associated with NFL or NFL media. Zero. Um, so a newspaper did a study on how often she's on camera. She's on camera sitting in a private suite, not asking to be on camera, an average of about 20 to 25 seconds a game. 20 to 25 seconds a game. Uh, when she's was celebrating on the field the a- AFC Championship game, uh, when when Kelsey, you know Kelsey's brother Jason came up to him, she backed way away and just let the brothers have her. This is it, you really you really have to work hard to be angry about this. You really have to ignore a lot of facts to be angry about this. You really have to be conspiracy theorist to be angry about this. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, good Don Sports of Don Mitchell and uh, Vikings reporter Tatum Everett is up uh, this morning. Uh, we have a Viking Update show with John Krasinski up. We're going to do the Wolf show today with John Krasinski, uh, piggybacking off the big win in Los Angeles. And uh, later in the week, we'll do Jeff Diamond's NFL Insider and uh, Chin Music with Lavelle and Roy. And everything's at TalkNorth.com or on your favorite podcast app. All right, Jim. Thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jim. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in Star Tribune or his podcast at TalkNorth.com. Jim, today brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud.